Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to today's installment of Calvary Live. It is Friday, April 14th, and my name is Josh Sorensen, one of the assistant pastors here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our producer today is Gabe. He will be taking your calls, so it's a privilege to be with you. Uh, I will say that here in Aurora, Colorado, I'm not sure where you're listening from, but it is a snowy, gray, cold day, which is unusual because two days ago, and I'd say most of the week, it was 85 degrees, sunny, beautiful. I saw shorts and people back outside again, jogging, haven't seen that for a while, and today, snowy, gray, cold Back to winter jackets again. So funny. Um, Originally from the East Coast, from Philadelphia. So in Philly, we have four seasons, just like it should be. And then we moved to California for about three years. And of course, there it was 75 degrees, beautiful every single day. Uh, It felt like vacation. It It was awesome. Then coming to Colorado, we, we do have four seasons here in Colorado. I'm learning with my whole eight months of living experience so far here in Colorado. But I'm noticing that the weather is very up and down and you just don't know what to expect. So I'm learning from the people that have been born and raised, people who have lived here for years, that this is pretty typical for, for Colorado weather. So Again, yesterday felt like a beautiful summer day, and today feels like a very dark, (laughs) dreary, cold winter day. Uh, So very interesting Colorado weather here. But thank you guys for tuning in with us here on Calvary Live. Uh, If you're tuning in and perhaps a new listener, Calvary Live comes to you every Monday through Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock p.m. for an hour. Mountain Standard Time, and we would love to take your calls if you've got Bible questions or even just a particular prayer. We've already got a couple text messages that have come in with prayer requests, but let me just go ahead and give you that number, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. That's our telephone number. You can call with your Bible questions, call with your prayer requests. If you would prefer to text us, we can do that as well. Text line number is 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. I just want to, again, personally thank Grace FM for this this show. We were praying a few minutes ago and thinking about how long Calvary Live has been a part of Grace FM, how many different pastors have been involved in this, and the countless people that have been ministered to through the show Calvary Live, and just a privilege for me to be a part. This is my actually my second um, time hosting. So I want to thank, of course, Pastor Ed. I want to thank Kevin and the Grace FM team. Uh, if, you're, if my voice sounds a little different than the typical Friday host, that's because you have been used to listening to Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. He occupied this space on Fridays, and uh, Nick is just such a good guy, has a lot going on. He's involved in all sorts of other ministries and those things. 
but I sure do appreciate just the the time that Nick has put into Calvary Live in addition to um, um, Mr. Figs, Pastor Figs, and of course, Pastor Ed as well. So just so thankful uh, to be a part of this team. So I am in the studio broadcasting from Grace FM Radio Network here. Uh, and again, the number, if you'd like to call us, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Most of you guys are probably listening uh, to us in one of our two Colorado stations, even upwards of Southern Wyoming. So hello to those of you listening out there. 101.7 FM in Southern Colorado, 89.7 in Northern Colorado. That's our kind of our primary Grace FM uh, dial there. And uh, of course, we've got, I think there's 40 different uh, states that receive this show as well, 77 different stations. So we want to welcome those of you that are listening on the Radio by Grace Network. So glad you guys are a part of our Calvary Live family. And also those of you that are listening a week delayed on Hope FM or Truth FM or Higher Rock on the East Coast. So that would be uh, my neck of the woods, Philadelphia, New Jersey. Um, I know people are listening down in Texas and Georgia and Idaho. So wherever you at uh, and and uh, wherever you are today, we're welcome. Uh, we want to welcome you to to Calvary Live, and we certainly want to welcome you to call us at the number 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. I did get a text message in here. We'll just start with a prayer request. An anonymous prayer request from uh, a particular uh, guy who was asking just for prayer. He feels he's under spiritual attack. Uh, he's having sleep issues. Anxiety is coming then as a result of the lack of sleep. Um, and uh, and he even says that he just is asking for prayer that God would not allow his mind uh, to continue to fall into fear. So if that's you and, and you're listening, and perhaps many others are struggling with sleep and anxiety, I can just say personally myself, I completely understand that anxiety has been a part of my journey and my story for many, many years. Um, and I, I can understand how not only not getting sleep can affect you, but then how the the cycle, the vicious cycle kind of begins from that point of then fearing the lack of sleep and how that, of course, affects us and then the fear that comes from all of that. So to my brother who is asking for this prayer request, it's a privilege to pray. I, I do want to give you a verse that has encouraged me on many sleepless nights, and it's from Exodus thirty three fourteen. It says there, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And that's encouraged me to know that when I'm having those sleepless nights or if I'm in the throes of some kind of a, an anxiety attack, I just know the Lord promises he's with me. He will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. And it says there that he will give you rest. And he's not necessarily promising there that he's going to give physical rest, but I do think it's kind of all connected. If we're emotionally uh, un at unrest or spiritually at unrest, certainly that will impact our, our physical rest. But the Lord promises that there will be a rest that he will give. And I even love the Psalm. Psalm 121 tells us there that God watches us while we sleep. Amazing. Psalm 121, verses 3 through 8. God watches us while we sleep. So God is with us, uh, and he's with you, my friend, asking for prayer today. So Lord Jesus, I just want to come on behalf of, of uh, my brother who is just under the spiritual attack, having issues with anxiety and sleep and um, falling into fear. Lord, you do tell us that you give a peace 
that the world cannot give. Jesus, you say that you are the Prince of Peace, and we're so thankful that we have you, Lord. We can't imagine what life would be like, what these sleepless nights would be like, what these seasons of, of fear and anxiety and panic, we can't imagine what this would be like without you. But we have your presence. We have the promise, the guarantee that you walk with us, that you love us. And so, Lord Jesus, I, I just pray that you would allow my brother to, to get some sleep, um, that you would give him rest both emotionally, uh, of course, physically, and even spiritually, Lord, if, if, he, if he just needs to take some space to slow down, to quiet himself, um, to, to, to just sit in the presence of the Lord, knowing that you're good, knowing again that you promise you will go with him, uh, Lord, that he would sense your presence in a very real way. So I just want to lift him up today, Lord Jesus. Thank you that we can bring even our lack of sleep to you. You say we can cast all of our cares upon you because you care for us. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray these things today in your good name. Amen. Amen. All right, Calvary Live. Again, the number 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Perhaps you're struggling today with some anxiety and you're struggling with sleep and you're struggling with illness. And uh, we'd love to pray for you. And again, one of the wonderful things about this this means of radio that we have uh, is that not only is it me praying with you, but we've got countless people that are listening in that are agreeing with us around this prayer. So I'm so thankful that we get the privilege of being able to pray with you guys. So uh, we do have a question from Dave in Denver, Colorado. Dave, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Uh, glad it's Friday. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amen to that. And I'm sure you're, you're enjoying the wonderful snowy weather as we all are here. Well, yeah, this is a Colorado weather native here all my life. So, you know, I've even seen it snow in May, you know, many times. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Well, how can we help you today? Well, I kind of wanted to get your insight, your understanding, um, what your thoughts and, and I, I know there's, you know, scripture that does pertain to this topic, but also I know I've I've had, you know, different discussions with other leaders uh, in reference to this. And what I'm asking you is your thoughts and understanding um, for an individual to serve on an elder board um, if they are either, uh, you know, single or in uh, a, a divorce or gone through or have been divorced. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, when it, I, I will say when when it comes to this issue, there certainly are different opinions on even the phrase from First Timothy chapter three, I believe it is, um, where it talks there about the qualifications of an elder, and it speaks there about an elder being um, a, a one woman man. That's kind of always the way that I've I've. Um, understood that, a one-woman man. In other words, a pastor or an elder or a bishop, I would, I would say, depending on um, what text you use, they use those phrases. They all mean the same thing, a bishop, an elder, a pastor. Um, he speaks there about being absolutely loyal to the woman that he is married to. 
Um, and it's not only on his marital status, uh, but it's more so on his moral purity. So for a young single pastor, I've known many that are certainly that meet the qualifications of an elder as that it speaks of in scripture. Um, and so I do believe that if, if the, there's a young man whose character has been proven and tested and, uh, and, and he is, has moral integrity, he certainly could be a pastor. Um, I don't think it's saying there that the qualification is that you must be married in order to be an elder, but that there has to be this this one woman man idea. Um, and 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 then when it comes to the issue of divorce, that's a much broader, a bigger question, and certainly requires um, more than just a, a, a brief answer. Partly because um, there, there's a lot that goes into uh, every single person's story out there. And I've been in ministry now for so long, I know that uh, obviously we have scripture that answers every question for us, but then there's the nuances. So for example, if if there was a person that's an elder and he has been divorced, is that, what were the grounds for that divorce? Um, we do know uh, that the the first qualification of an elder is to be above reproach. That's very important that when a person looks at an elder, a pastor, um, that, that there's nothing that they could necessarily point to that would disqualify that pastor. That doesn't mean pastors don't struggle, um, but, they, but, but there is disqualifying sin that Scripture talks about that would disqualify a man from pastoral ministry. Um, and so if the divorce and I would even say perhaps the remarriage has no biblical grounds, uh, and the man, um, you know, has not is has been I should say above reproach. Um, then the question would be, what was behind the divorce? Why why was the divorce? Was it was it because of unfaithfulness? And even in that question, you need to talk to the elder and understand well, how did the unfaithfulness come from? Where where what was the story behind it? So it, it's it's an, a bit of a nuanced question, but I will say that if a man's above reproach um, and uh, he is the husband of one wife uh, and his church community can look up to him as an example of Christ-likeness and godly leadership, uh, I, I won't give his name, but I'm thinking of a very, very prominent pastor that we would all know Um who has been used greatly for 30, 40, probably plus years. Uh, he's been on the radio. He's well-known. His Bible studies have, have been um, listened to by millions of people. Well, back in the 90s, his wife left him, uh, and he was wrestling through some of these things with his elder board. And I think that's very important that God, God gives uh, pastors of churches a, an accountability with other elders. And so um, with an issue like this, then the elders are the ones that are responsible to walk through that with, with this particular pastor and to find out what was, what was behind it. And so in this particular situation, again, I wasn't a part of it, but as far as we know, because it was public, because of, of this particular pastor and his influence, um, it, it was more of an issue of his wife not only walking away from him, but walking away from the faith, walking away from the Lord. And so, um, so the elders met and they prayed, and I believe he took some time off, but he in no way disqualified himself in this particular situation from being a pastor. His, his wife did divorce him, and she left, and I'd love to say that that was reconciled, and, uh, and this particular pastor has not been remarried. Um, but there, there's a lot more to the question, I think, than just a, a, a straight yes or no answer. Um, but I do think it's that the most important issue is that the, the elder 
of the church is beyond reproach, above reproach, as, as Timothy, as Paul is, is telling Timothy there, in addition to a list of other qualifications. And so James in chapter 3, verse 1 says, um, let not many of you become teachers um, because you will incur a stricter judgment. The idea is that you're held to a higher accountability. Um, and so as Paul is saying, look, a pastor must be a one-woman man. So that rules out polygamy. That rules out, uh, of course, any uh, any other kind of disqualifying sin, adultery, those kind of things. And so um, so, you know, it, it, it's a big question, uh, and um, I, I hope that kind of helps gives you at least a little bit of an answer uh, there, Dave. But, but it is nuanced, again, because there's, there's, there's more to the story than just the simple, um, the, the simple outworking of what we see sometimes in people's lives. Yeah, no, I agree, and, and you answered it very well. Um, I know there's just uh, – there can be some, some, like you said, variants or variables involved in, in you know, each situation. And I think it's really good that you stated, you know, as far as, you know, being there amidst or amongst other elders on the board or in the pastor also. And yeah. I think that's where it really it comes down to. Those people are the ones that selected that person to become an elder. And, you know, that that's why they chose that individual. And has has that stayed? You know, has it been consistent? Is it is it, you know, there's because anytime we're talking about a marriage, there's two people involved. That's right. And and that's what really, you know, kind of throws into a, a different format, a different situation. So For sure. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll even sometimes have people give us a call here and ask. Uh, they'll, they'll tell, they'll share their side of the story regarding issues in their marriage. But we, uh, we, we can't, of course, understand uh, that until we, we sit down with both people and hear the full story from both sides. And so it is, you know, again, these things are, are tricky. And, um, but I agree with you. I think church government is very important. Um, and the Lord lays out in his word how, um, how these particular pastors are to be held uh, accountable. So it's not as if, uh, you know, there's a, a senior pastor of a church that's able to do anything because he's the boss or the CEO. Well, Scripture doesn't teach that. Scripture says, no, there, there will be other elders that will come alongside him and walk through these kind of issues with him. So if you trust the elders of your church and, and there's a particular pastor that, that has is walking through something like this, um, you know, if, if they're following God's Word and they're biblical and what they're doing, then um, you can trust that the elders are going to walk through this biblically with that with that elder, with that pastor. Yes. No, I agree. I think we can even correlate it to, you know, the Scripture that speaks about, you know, if you have a brother that, um, you know, has something against you, or if you have something against a brother, you know, that you are take to take that to him, you know, That's before right. him. And if that doesn't work out, then before others. That's right. And I think there's a kind of a correlation there, you know, and that's, I think he said, uh, accountability. And, and that's, I think, more than anything is the most important is, is you know, uh, coming together as believers. Amen. So, Amen. Well, thank you so well, much. Well, Dave, yeah, it thank you so much for calling. with you, and I appreciate what you guys do. I love listening all the time. I oh, so, appreciate that, Dave. Thank you so much. Great question. Yeah. Yeah, you have a great weekend. You too. God bless you. All right, Calvary Live. Phone number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Appreciate that question uh, from Dave. Uh, I just talked recently with a particular person who uh, needed to approach one of the elders. I guess perhaps there was some kind of an accusation. I didn't get all the details, but Scripture addresses these things that that, um, when you're going to go talk to an elder because there's an issue— 
that you feel needs to be addressed. Again, the Lord is so good in the way that he has laid out the the structure of what we would call church government, that God gives us um, certainly a a senior pastor, um, cer- certainly a man that we look to and trust and uh, and it kind of leads the way and gives vision. But then around that senior pastor, there are elders. Um, and those elders are all held to the same accountability that the senior pastor is held to. And there's there's qualifications. And uh, wonderfully, um, then they are able to, to work through uh, any accusation that's brought forth or uh, any kind of doctrinal issues in the church, uh, uh, leadership um, problems. And so it's, it's, it's a good wise, um, wonderful way that God has designed church government. And so I'm, I'm just thankful. And I'm thankful to have worked over the years with just some of the best men with the highest integrity, um, pastoral calling. Uh, I'm so thankful. I've learned so much from these men. Uh, and, and now being on staff here at Calvary Church in Aurora, just a privilege. So many great, good, godly, not perfect, <laughs> but godly men uh, that likewise hold me accountable as well. So I just praise the Lord for that. Uh, so you are listening to Calvary Live. Again, I'm going to give the number out if you've got a Bible question or uh, a prayer request, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. If you would prefer not to call and talk on the air, but you do have a question or particularly a prayer request, we have a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week prayer text line available, uh, and it, you, your, your prayer request will be prayed for. It gets passed on to a, a team of people that are lifting up what it is that you're texting in. And so that number is 720 336 0897 and I will do my best to get to those texts as well as I can. But we do have a question here from Pat here in Greeley, Colorado. Good afternoon, Pat. Good afternoon. Uh, thank you, Pastor. I appreciate you giving me your time. Oh, you're um, so welcome. Thanks for calling. Pastor, quick question. Just looking for your perspective. When Jesus was on the cross, uh, we know when he was put up on that cross, he was being taunted and and um, cursed and everything, and and uh, by man, man was uh, was mocking him and everything else. Do you also believe at the same time Satan and his demons were trying to terrorize or? or get Christ off that cross, and then a little later, around 3 o'clock, when everything went dark, God himself came down and opened all of his wrath on him. That's right. That's or right. Do you believe it was just man? That, that's, that's a really good question, and I think it's—I it's, um, appreciate the question because it's a lot of what we've been thinking about since we've just walked through Resurrection Weekend and Easter, and we're processing how all of this was happening. I I do know um, that Scripture doesn't give us any clear specifics in terms of spiritually what was happening behind the scenes in terms of Satan and the demons as Jesus was hanging on the cross. That doesn't mean that they weren't involved. That doesn't mean that they weren't influencing the men that were mocking and jeering and spitting upon Jesus and all of the things 
readings that we read through the Gospels of what was taking place, we, we don't see any specific kind of uh, spiritual attack on Jesus. But I don't doubt um, knowing the character and the nature of Satan as we read about him in Scripture. Uh, certainly, we know at the beginning of Jesus's ministry, uh, Jesus was tempted by Satan uh, and was attacked in that way. Uh, I, I, it says there actually, very interestingly enough, that after those 40 days of temptation, that uh, Satan left Jesus, but it says there he left him for a time. So that we, we don't have them from that point on what exactly that means. When did Satan come back? Um, certainly there were people that were demon-possessed that um, were being used by Satan that Jesus healed. Certainly there were the Pharisees, and there was so much spiritual oppression that was happening. Uh, Jesus, no doubt, was walking through spiritual warfare. We know when he uh, was on the, in the Mount of Olives on that um, Thursday evening, and he was crying, and he was— uh, it says crying so much so that he was crying drops of blood. There, there was something that was happening internally, spiritually, as he was preparing to carry the sin of the world. But Scripture doesn't say, well, here's what Satan was doing. Here's the kind of demonic type things that were happening. Um, but we do know that Satan was not done with Jesus after the temptation. There, were, there was more that was taking place. Um, but I, I, I agree with you that, that the Bible is very clear that at some point there, as men were mocking and jeering and accusing Jesus of all sorts of things, um, that Jesus knew he was bearing the weight of the sin of the world on the cross. And First John 2, 2 tells us, it uses this big word in the King James Version. It says that Jesus is the propitiation for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Um, and, and that word propitiation is exactly uh, what you're saying, that God, his wrath was satisfied as he poured it out on Jesus on the cross. Um, and so was Satan there mocking Jesus while that was happening? Were the demons there laughing? Were they thinking that they had victory? We, we don't know because Scripture is silent on that. We can only surmise. But we do know that Jesus was— um, he, he was bearing the wrath of God as it was aimed at him so that then he could satisfy God's wrath. And the beautiful thing for our listeners is that that means no matter what sin you have battled with or currently struggling with or what you've done, that there's no sin that God's grace is not greater than because the wrath that we deserve because of God's holiness and, and his perfection and our brokenness and our sinful state that we were born into. Well, that's a problem, but of course, Jesus is the, the one that stands between us and the wrath of God, and he bore that wrath, and therefore that wrath is no longer aimed at us because it's been satisfied. Again, that big theological word, it's, uh, it's been propitiated. Um, and therefore now, those of us that are in Christ, we're a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so we are no longer under the weight of God's wrath and his anger because Jesus bore that on the cross. So I uh, appreciate you you bringing that um, into the conversation, Pat, the, the idea of God's wrath. But in terms of some of those those other things, um, again, Scripture's silent. We don't really know. Um, 
but 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 that doesn't mean, of course, that they weren't in some way involved. I think this question also became a pretty popular question after the movie um, The Passion of the Christ came out, because there is a scene in that movie where Satan is kind of taunting Jesus as he's uh, on the cross and taunting Jesus as he's being beaten and, and being whipped. And, and, that, and that, of course, is just movie, um, not scripture. But, but this question, of course, is, is something that has been asked as a result of, of some of those things as well couple of pieces of scripture that lead to 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 speculate on that when luke says uh, this he describes uh, when jesus is in the garden of gethsemane this is the hour of darkness and darkness reigns sure uh when he tries to use it seems like the devil was trying to do everything to foil god's plan he tries to use peter to keep jesus away and then he uses Judas. It seems like every step of the way as Christ is walking to the cross, there's pieces of other scripture that when you bring them together, it seems like Satan every minute until he died was looking for some way to foil God's plan. So that, it's not that's just great. speculation. It's, it's when you put all those scriptures together, it, it, it seems like why would the devil be absent at the final hours of his defeat. That's right. No, that that that's that's absolutely correct. I have no doubt that he was in some way involved. We just don't have any specific, you know, in terms of when Jesus himself was on the cross. What was Satan doing at that point? But I agree with you. I I I have no doubt that Satan was behind. You know, get behind me, Satan. Jesus says to Peter, right? And of course, uh, everything that was taking place, um, no doubt, had a very spiritual component to that. So, uh, Pat, thank you so much for calling. Appreciate that question. That's great. Appreciate those scriptures as well. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Such a privilege to be with you on this cold Colorado winter's day. Uh, My name is Pastor Josh Sorensen, and it is, again, a joy uh, to spend this hour with you, whether you're in the car Drive carefully if you're in this part of Colorado. I was out earlier today. The roads are not necessarily uh, the best, a little slick out there, uh, but we just so appreciate wherever you are listening from. Uh, in addition to, of course, Colorado, uh, there are many that are listening on the Radio by Grace Network. That is 77 stations throughout the nation, 40 different states. So glad that you guys are tuning in, part of the Calvary Live family. Uh, we also want to, of course, welcome those that are listening live on the Calvary FM app. Uh, and you can find that app at gracefm.com. Uh, so thankful for the ability to connect with those of you that are listening online. I know there are often people listening outside of the country, uh, in England, and, and all, sort, all sorts of places. So, uh, And then, of course, a week delayed, which means this particular uh, hour you'll hear next week. But, of course, we still encourage you to call in, and we'll take your call, and you'll just hear that, sh- that show delayed a week later. Um, but we have our friends listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock on on the East Coast, up in Idaho. So again, just so thankful uh, to be able to minister in this way. Pastor Ed and myself have had a lot of time to 
talk through just sort of what the the heartbeat behind Calvary Live is. And yes, we want to be able to answer Bible questions as best we can. And yes, we want to um, be able to um, know that we can rightly handle and accurately divide the word of truth, the scripture says, and give an answer to everyone that asks. That's important. But we also just have a heart to want to minister to those of you that are listening. We know there's much brokenness, many people with burdens and weight and carrying heaviness in this season of life. And so a show like this just gives us the opportunity to say, we are with you and we will pray with you um, and we'll walk alongside you in prayer through those things. But more importantly, just to be able to say to any of you that are struggling right now, the Lord sees you. It says in his word that he is the God who sees. And so there's nothing beyond the gaze of our good God, and he knows what it is that you're walking through. And he is able, uh, his, his shoulders are broad enough to be able to take whatever it is that you're carrying, wh- whatever concerns and cares you're walking through, whatever weight you feel at this moment is bearing down on you. Well, he says this beautifully, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. And the Lord does care for you. And he does see you, and he promises wonderfully that if you are a child of God, if you're a daughter or a son of the king, you're saved and put your personal faith and trust in Jesus as your savior, that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Though everybody else that feels at times might leave, though it feels I've been forsaken by a thousand men, a thousand women, but God will never forsake you. And his word says you are eternally kept in the palm of his hand. And what joy we have and what hope we have to know that we are not alone as we walk through this world. And again, when we give our hearts and our lives to Jesus, um, he never promises things are going to go better for you guys, right? He never promises life is going to be easy. But what he does promise is his presence. And what he does promise is a filling of the Holy Spirit to give you and empower you with his strength. And he does promise that he will be a help in time of need. And that is, that, is, that is the most wonderful part of this relationship that we have. It's not just that we're saved from our sin, which would have been enough. That is glorious. We just celebrated that last weekend, right? That, that Jesus died for our sins and rose again from the dead. Glorious, wonderful. Um, but beyond that, he also says he is here to give us life and life more abundantly. Not just eternal life as we, as we close our eyes in this world and breathe our last breath and we open them in eternity. But he's here to walk with us, to strengthen us, to help us, to give us the wonderful fruit of the Spirit, the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and all of the things that he is, he imparts to us and he gives us gifts and he is with us. And so even through Psalm 23 says, the valley of the shadow of death, we can fear no evil. That doesn't mean we won't be afraid, but we can fear no evil. Um, because his rod and his staff, they comfort us. He is with us through the darkest of days. He's with us on the mountaintops and in the valleys. He's with us. So just want to encourage you guys with that as well. And I do see that we have a prayer request from uh, Karina in Philly, which is my home, Philadelphia. Uh, hello, Karina. How are you doing this afternoon? Uh, Pastor, I'm doing well. 
Um, I'm actually from Severance, Colorado, but I'm in Philadelphia right now for my daughter's volleyball tournament. Oh, uh, wonderful. Okay, well, say hello to Philly for me. I will. We uh, had some cheese steak yesterday. It was pretty good at the um, reading market. Yes. Terminal reading market. Reading I terminal yeah. market. Absolutely. Well, that's that's a great place. You're gonna you're gonna get a good cheesesteak in that area for sure. So I'm calling today for a prayer request. Um, I I know firsthand the power of prayer, and I need that again. Um, I am a breast cancer survivor of almost five years now, and um, I've been doing routine checkups every six months, mammograms, MRIs, alternating back and forth. And um, six months ago, they thought they saw something. Turned out it was nothing, but I had to go in six months later for another MRI and mammogram at the same time. So within a week or so, I had both of those tests done just uh, last week and then the week prior. And um, the MRI just showed something suspicious that they're concerned about, that they're now asking me to go back in for an, an ultrasound and then biopsy if needed. And um, my emotions have just been up and down. You know, roller coaster, flooding of emotions, anxiety, setting in, and um, and just asking for prayer to help me get through this. And that you know, for the will of God be done. And I hope that He will continue to bless me with His graces and good health, so that I can be here for my my children. Yeah, yeah. Well, Karina, I I am honored. Uh, to be able to pray for you, and I tr- truly, my heart just sinks as you're as you're sharing some of this. Um, you know, as a, a pastor for um, so many years of my life, and 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 just being involved in ministry for so many years, these are some of the most difficult seasons to walk through life. Not only ourselves, but with our family, with our loved ones, and then as pastors with with the people in our, our church communities. Um, and, and I just, you know, as I'm, I'm hearing you share, I just want to give you a couple of scripture verses. You don't have to, of course, write these down, but just to know um, that, that God is with you as you're in this this difficult season of waiting. I think that, to me, is one of the hardest um, parts of this, is just wondering, okay, what what's coming around the corner? What's next? Um, God, what what's happening? And, and I think as anxiety begins to creep in, our thoughts always go to the worst places. And, um, and, and so I think that's natural for us. And so part of what I think the Lord is graciously doing is allowing us to say, well, look, that's that, you know, we, we tend to go to the the dark, um, hard places of our thoughts that almost maybe as a protective measure, but the Lord is there reminding us that he is an ever present help, no matter what comes uh, in our time of need. And so uh, a couple of verses just for you today, Karina, Isaiah 41 verse 10 tells us there that God strengthens you. So that's a promise. I want to pray for you that God would give you a supernatural measure of strength to face no matter what it is that comes, just as David had to face his giant, right, Goliath, just as Israel over and over again had to face an insurmountable army against the greatest odds. Um, But God was there, and he promised he would strengthen them, and God gives you that promise today as well. Jeremiah 33 verse 6 also says that God brings healing, um, and we believe in a God that heals. That doesn't necessarily guarantee, because he's also all-wise, 
that he always heals, but we can and we will pray for healing for you, Karina, because he is the God that heals. John 14, verse 27 uh, tells us there that God brings and provides peace for us. Um, And his word says, uh, Karina, that if, if we bring our prayers and our petitions to him, then he will in turn give us a peace that passes all understanding. And that's a peace that will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And then lastly, of course, Jesus in Matthew chapter 11 gives us the invitation um, that uh, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. So he says, come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are heavy, burdened, and I will give you rest. And so, Lord Jesus, I just want to lift up my, my sister to you. Lord, I know that she is fearful and anxious, Lord, over um, a a potential prognosis and even in the waiting, Lord, uh, uh, with this ultrasound and what all of this means for her. And of course, as a mom, um, she's she's in a wife, she's processing through all of this and, um, and wanting to trust you. And it's difficult, Lord, because sometimes when, when, reality hits us in such a a strong way. It it feels just like waves crashing over us, Lord. And it's scary. And sometimes we feel like we're drowning uh, and and we just, we we don't know what to do. Um, But Lord, remind my sister today that you say, though she may feel that she's falling, though she may feel that she's drowning, that underneath her are the everlasting arms. Um, Lord, that you will catch her. You will hold her through this. You will be her ever-present help in this time of need. Just as as Jesus pulled Peter up above the storm, above the waves, and then, and then they get into the boat and Jesus says, peace be still to a very real storm. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would uh, in, in Karina's life, speak over her life, peace be still, that you would give her the sense that, Lord, you are in the boat, as it were, with her, Lord. She's not alone walking through this. Um, you promise a peace, again, that passes all understanding. Um, Lord, you promise to strengthen her, so we pray for a supernatural measure of strength. You promise to bring healing. We believe that you're the God that heals, and we pray you would touch her physical frame, Lord, and that the results of this biopsy would be benign, Lord, and it wouldn't be where where our minds race automatically. Um, and, and yet, no matter what comes, Lord, no matter what comes in life for all of us that are listening, Lord, because some are healed and some aren't, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And and so I just pray, Lord, that you would give her the ability to trust you, your goodness, your power, Lord, that you, again, would lighten her burden as you promised that you would do as she's walking through this. So, um, Lord, just for myself praying for her, I know there are many, many, many others that are listening right now that are agreeing in prayer for Karina, Lord, um, that you would relieve her anxiety and that you would be in her life, Lord, everything that you promised you would be, that she would go to your promises and hold on to those promises, knowing that every promise is yes and amen in Jesus. So, Lord, just on behalf of my sister, I lift her up to you and pray, even now as she's hanging out in Philly, Lord, and um, and and coming back home in the near future, Lord, that that she would just sense your presence in a very real and very felt way this afternoon. Uh, and we trust you, Lord, and we put these things before you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
Thank you so much. All I right. You're it. welcome, Karina. And please stay in touch with us as we can continue to pray for you. You're, again, you're always welcome to text us or call back in again. But whatever we can do to pray through this with you, we, we would be honored to do that. And uh, hopefully the Lord will, will use us to encourage and strengthen you in the process as well. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. God bless you. God bless you, too. Thank you. And maybe you're listening today and you too are struggling with uh, some physical ailment or some, uh, I would just call it a scary situation in your life. Well, if we can pray for you, um, again, we have a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week text line open, and that is 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. I do see that there are some texts coming in, and I just want to assure you whether we get to them on the, the show here today or not, we will pray for every single text that comes in. Uh, we will um, lift these things up to the Lord on your behalf, as you too, we believe, are praying for these things, and we'll agree uh, around these things that that are on your hearts, the weight that you are bearing. Uh, But if you would like to call and ask for prayer, or you have a specific question around a specific topic, uh, you can call us at 303-690-3000, and we would be happy to help in any way we can to help answer questions, but certainly would be honored to pray for you and honored to be able to just uh, trust the Lord uh, in your life and trust that he is at, uh, at work in your life as well. Uh, I do want to share something. Uh, we've got a couple lines open and some calls coming in, but I, I do want to share something here from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I think there's a lot of us that are here that are struggling, a lot of us that are feeling weak in this moment, a lot of us that are bearing heavy weight in this moment. And here's what the word says to us, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But he said to me, this is now the Lord speaking, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And I, I, I love that, that passage there. And I just feel that, that there's this theme, even in the texts that are coming in here, uh, that in the middle of each difficulty that we all face or we all will face, we're either coming out of a trial or we're stepping into a trial or we are now currently in the middle of a trial. But in the middle of every difficulty, um, God's voice reminds me that he provides sufficient grace for the trial. Now, for me, I'll just say trials in my life, I like to treat like dodgeball. I will do anything to avoid the difficulty that comes and try to dodge those difficulties. But I do know and do believe um, that God is going to use even the difficulties of our lives, the weaknesses of our lives. Um, the power belongs to God in the midst of it. His, he is, his strength is made perfect, and he's able to connect my weakness with his strength wonderfully. And uh, that seems to be a theme today as I'm just going through some of these text messages here. And again, we will be praying for these, but we've got a, a text message here, uh, an anonymous text message just asking for prayer, again, for a niece who has a non-cancerous, inoperable brain tumor. Um, and so we certainly want to lift up that, that niece. Uh, we also have prayer requests here for an ex-husband 
who has said that God has told him to leave their marriage so that he can have peace, but he wants to remain friends. Um, very, very difficult things that people are carrying here. So uh, let me just pray for these again, and then we'll get to some of the calls for those of you guys that were waiting. Uh, Lord, again, we just want to put these things before you, and we want to pray for the healing, Lord, for um, our our precious friend with this brain tumor, that you would do what only you can do supernaturally, uh, using the wisdom of the doctors, using surgery and medication, Lord, would you touch and heal this life, Lord? Um, And would you be glorified in um, giving the power, Lord, uh, of God to this particular person that is struggling and needing a physical touch from you. And in the meantime, would you give spiritual strength, Lord, to those that are needing it? I pray for this dear woman as well, whose husband has just told her he's going to leave her. He wants to remain friends. Uh, Lord, I, I would ask, Lord, that you would bring believers into their situation to help speak into this, um, that he would be open to hearing Lord, what your word says about marriage and the commitment of marriage, and Lord, that you would do again a miracle, something only you can do. We have no other place to turn but to you when it comes to cancer. We have no other place to turn but to you when it comes to marriages that are on the verge of divorce, Lord. So many of these things. We've got doctors, we've got counselors, marriage counselors, but at the end of the day, Lord, we come to you. You are um, the gr- the greatest hope of our lives. And so we want to bring these things to you and just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would work. And it's in your good name that we pray. Amen. All right, uh, Angel, I'm going to get to you in just a moment. Appreciate you calling in. Uh, but we, we do have a question here from Sydney in Alabama. Um, unfortunately, Sydney's not here live, but we are going to answer your question. Um, it's, it's a praise request, thanking God for all of the many ways that Sydney or that, that God has blessed Sydney um, and prayer that God would strengthen us as we share his word and as we are the light. So Sydney, amen to all of that. So thankful that he strengthens us. So thankful that as we communicate his word to the best of our abilities, he promises us that he will add power to those of us that are teachers, to those of us that share in children's ministry, to those of us that are sharing the gospel with the person on the bus next to us, to, to, to our family members, that he is so good. Um, and you're right. He, his word says that he is the light of the world. Um, and then his word goes on to say, we are the light of the world and a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Um, and the, the whole point is that people would see us in our good works, but they would glorify our father in heaven. Um, so amen to that, Sydney. Thank you so much for calling. Appreciate that. Um, Angel in Tennessee. Good afternoon, Angel. Is Angel there? Or did we did we lose Angel? Tennessee. Looks like we may have lost Angel there. Um, so we have Lou here from Aurora. Hello, Lou. How are you doing today? And we may have lost Lou as well. Okay. Well, Lou, I will answer your question uh, because I see the question here and, and I'm happy to answer this. Uh, your question, Lou, is does 2 Peter 3.17 argue that you can lose your salvation? 2 Peter 3.17 does it argue that you can lose your salvation. Um, and I will go ahead and read the verse there for, for those that don't have their Bibles with them. It says, you therefore... Beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge 
of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And I, I love these questions. And Lou, I'm so thankful for you asking, because I do think there are times when we open up our scripture, perhaps we're reading our personal devotions, and we come across particular scriptures that if we were to see that scripture by itself, we would think, wow, it really looks like you could lose your salvation. There's a couple of places in um, the New Testament that by themselves, you would think, man, that 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 sounds like you could lose your salvation. I talked to a brother this weekend here at church that was saying he had just had a conversation with somebody that was bringing some of these verses together and sort of saying, look, you see, it is possible. You can lose your salvation. And and so I would say this, um, there, there are there are scriptures that we have that are considered warning scriptures, warning scriptures. I don't believe that what those warning scriptures are saying is that if you're a genuine born-again believer, that you can lose your salvation. So I'll just say right off the bat, I don't believe that you can lose your salvation. I think scripture is clear as you see from the beginning to the end of the story of God, from Genesis to Revelation, as you see what Jesus has taught, as you begin to read and, and, and see Jesus' teaching expounded uh, in the um, epistles, that uh, it, God is powerful enough to save us and God likely, uh, likewise is powerful enough to keep us as well. Um, we're only saved because of his great power, and we're kept by the power of God, it says in the book of Jude. So then what about these warning passages? What about some of these passages like Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 17 that Lou is asking about? Well, I believe um, some of these scriptures, like this particular scripture in Peter, is just encouraging people to continue to remain steadfast because the evidence of a born-again believer is that there's fruit that there is genuine conversion that looks like something. Um, the warning passages are there for those that are saying, I am saved because of the grace of God, so I can live however I want to live. I can do whatever I want to do because I've got God's grace. I'm good. Well, Paul addresses that in, in uh, Romans chapter 6. Um, he says, it, it, can can you continue to sin because of God's grace? He says, by no means. That's not the point of God's grace. It's not meant to be, as has been said many times, a license for sin. Uh, if you're a born-again believer, for the rest of our days, we will struggle with sin. We We will. But there's a difference between somebody that genuinely struggles with sin and then a person that's just living in sin. And so these warning passages are there to say, hey, look, if you really believe that you're a born-again Christian, but you're living in unrepentant sin, um, and then even using God's grace as an excuse for your sin, well, you need to be warned to examine, are you truly born again? Are, are you truly um, a, a brother or a sister in the faith? Uh, have you truly put your faith and trust in Jesus? Because Scripture says the outflow of a born-again converted heart, a saved life, is that there will be a change, that, that sin will begin to have a, a, a distaste. Unlike before we were saved, all we did was sin, and we were very good at sinning, and we had no conviction over sin. But now that we've got the Holy Spirit of, of God himself indwelling us, well, it says he convicts the world of sin. That's one of the things that he does. And and. We can't sin comfortably anymore. And when we do sin, we've got this wonderful promise to, First John, to confess our sin because God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so that, that he's saying there that, yes, as believers, we will sin, we will st stumble, we will struggle. 
That doesn't mean we lose our salvation. Um, Charles Spurgeon, the great British preacher, actually said it this way. Uh, He said, dead men don't wrestle. Dead men don't wrestle. And I love that quote because if you're dead in sin, then you're not wrestling with sin or struggling with sin because you're dead. Just like a dead body is going to do nothing but lay there. It can't do anything. But once you've been given life, spiritual life, and you've been brought from death to life, now you've got the Holy Spirit himself. And he is alive in you. And he is sanctifying you, which is this, again, theological word that means he's making us more like Jesus. And so as he's in the process of that, we are wrestling, we are struggling. We do, as Paul said, we don't do the things we want to do, and we do the things we don't want to do. Who will rescue us from the body of death, Paul says in Romans chapter 7. And then, of course, one of my favorite verses, Romans 8.1. Therefore, praise be to God, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So that might seem to appear to contradict some of these warning passages that you might get. Hebrews chapter 6 is is an example of that. But again, those warning passages are really meant to cause us to examine ourselves to see if we truly are of the faith. And so um, I, I believe if you're listening and you are struggling with sin and you don't want to sin and yet it, you, you're just there battling it. Well, that is, that's evidence of life. That's evidence of God working in you and through you. And I'm so thankful that God does this wonderful work. My pastor back in Philly used to always say, the older that he gets, the more he walks with Jesus, the less he sins in the way that he used to sin, um, but the more he repents, because there's something about getting to know the Lord more as the years continue to go on, where we just recognize and understand, Lord, we are so incredibly thankful for your forgiveness and your grace, and that your grace covers all of our sin. Um, and we owed a debt we couldn't pay, and that's why on the cross, Jesus says, it is finished. It is paid in full. Um, the debt has been erased. And Lord, if there's anything in my life that is not Christ-like, that you would, Lord, do that deeper work in me to make me more like Jesus. And I repent and I turn daily from my sin and I turn back to Jesus again, who's the one that has so graciously bestowed forgiveness upon my life and pardon in my life. So um, so thank you so much for uh, the questions today. I think those questions about losing your salvation, that, that's something that comes up a lot uh, in pastoral ministry. And I think there are a lot of people that struggle with that. But, if, but again, if you're here and you're kind of wrestling through some of these things, I hope that that answer was was helpful for you. So it looks like uh, my producer is giving me the look that we are coming here to the end of our Calvary Live show. So I will be with you again next Friday and every Friday, Lord willing, um, for the uh, unforeseen future, at least. I'll also be covering some Wednesdays for Pastor Ed. You can be praying for him and the team here at Calvary Church as a bunch of them are heading off to Israel, uh, and they'll be on a uh, Israel uh, tour, which is going to be amazing for the next couple weeks. But appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you for listening. God bless you, and I'll see you again next Friday and possibly next Wednesday. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.